You're listening to Fit Girl, your guide to getting in shape, the podcast dedicated to helping you separate fact from fiction in fitness. For more details about this podcast and other episodes, visit fitgirlpodcast.com. This is podcast episode number 289. In this episode, why I disagree with WebMD's choice of recommended exercises for those over the age of 50, four reasons why you need fats in your diet and why avoiding fats can actually make you fatter, and part two on beliefs, three steps to changing your negative self-talk. One thing I forgot to mention in the last episode is that I have put up on YouTube something that combines frequency healing with meditation, and it's for weight loss. It's a sleep music type format. That way you have the gentle, relaxing sleep music, but you also have the frequency healing for weight loss. There's actually a certain specific frequency that is supposed to help with weight loss. And I figured, well, it can't hurt. It's something that's subliminal. You're not really going to notice. And if it helps, that's great. So I really don't know the facts on that one, but well, anything's worth giving a try sometimes. Now, the most important part though, is the meditation part. It's not something that you actually have to memorize or, or do or even say. I talk you through how your subconscious mind should be thinking to support your weight loss goals. So all the things that we talk about here, the affirmations, the I am statements, all of those things, I am speaking to you in the format and the way that they're supposed to be said to really make an impact on your habits and how you view things and get rid of negative self-talk. So that's about 12 minutes long. And if you listen to that before you go to sleep, those are the thoughts that are going to kind of rummage through your subconscious mind and doing it every single day for, well, usually it's 21 days to form a habit, but 30 days is probably even better. It's going to help you naturally change the way you think about weight loss and exercise and eating right. These are all powerful things that can help with all the other things that you do in conjunction with them because mindset is such a big thing and it plays such a key role in changing your body. And that's why most people don't change change their body. They focus on the cardio or the exercise or the nutrition, but they forget it's really your mindset and what's going on in your head that's going to dictate whether you can stick to an exercise program or whether you make the right choices when you're eating. Putting these thoughts in the right format, being that positive present tense sentence structure that we need to make that impact on the subconscious mind is just going to make it that much more powerful. Be sure to check that out. I believe it's under the weight loss playlist, but also under the sleep music playlist and see how it works for you. It'll also help you understand how you should be changing your thoughts to support your goals, which we're going to talk about more later in this episode. So as I've told you before, I'm trying to get my whole YouTube channel up and going since I have a little bit of uh, extra time right now. And I want to know what you want to see the most. I know a lot of people like to have the exercise descriptions and actually visually seeing how it should be done. Some people like to follow along with some of the workouts that I've been recording the ones that I teach at the gym and putting them when they're good enough quality up on YouTube. The problem is that I do a lot of yoga and stretch classes and they all like the lights out. So the lighting's not so good. Sometimes it gets a little grainy. I'm still trying to figure that out. But you can leave in the comments on some of those videos what type of exercises you want to see, whether it's weight training or gym machines or resistance bands or stability ball. If you need more help with which exercises to choose or program design? I mean, what are the things that are most important to you or what are the things that are most frustrating to you? Let me know so that way I can address those. WebMD has this article, Exercises to Avoid After 50, 
And I really feel like it's not giving the right information to people who are obviously looking for information on what to do. When we get to the recommended exercises, they recommend walking, which certainly is an easy thing to do and available to everyone and a great idea. But a few of the other recommendations aren't quite on target. So I just wanted to go over them because maybe you don't know this or maybe you know somebody that needs to know this. As far as recommended exercises go, they list machines. And if you're just reading the highlights, you would think, well, that's the machines, the weightlifting machines in the gym. What they're actually referring to is the cardio machines, stationary bikes, ellipticals. They're touting how they are great on your joints and you can start slowly. And although that is true, that's not going to necessarily be the best exercise for some people. The key, they say, is to finding the right speed and intensity for yourself. That's also something where people jump the gun. They try to go too fast or they try to go too hard. And when it comes to weight loss, sometimes they think that the harder, the better, and therefore a higher level is going to do them more good when in actuality, that's not true. They probably want to move a little bit faster. Referring to number one, machines in the gym as only being cardio machines, they're leaving out a big genre there just by that simple qualification. And then directing someone that that's a great thing to do, although it's a great way to start, it's not what's going to get you better in the long run. Basically, your strength training is what's going to change your body. It's going to impact your strength, your flexibility, your metabolism. Cardio, yes, you can do anywhere. You can walk anywhere. There's different ways that you can get it at home just by doing high knees or lifting your knees or just doing walk at home exercise that they have on YouTube as well. I think that sends people the wrong message in that as a recommended exercise that you would choose one of these things, whether it's walking, machines, aquatics, or strength training, those are the four that they recommend, that you would choose one over the other. And that's not really the case to have really good health as you get older. As you get older, you need that strength training even more. And when they talk about strength training in these recommended exercises, they do tout how it is the way to lower the risk of falling and that it builds bone density and muscle. So I think it's a little deceptive that they make it seem like you have to choose one or the other, when in reality, if you did only have to choose one thing to do, it should be the strength training because you can do strength training to get a cardio effect, but you're not going to get the muscle strengthening in the bone density from doing only cardio. The rest of that section starts off with some good intentions. It says doing squats using resistance bands, and then it says, or using light weights are great options. Well, light weights are not a good option for pretty much anyone. Weights should be challenging. Using light weights and doing high repetitions for some reason has gotten this reputation as being what people need to do either when they're old or when they're starting out. And there's a big difference between using a weight that's really too light to make any impact on your body versus starting out with a weight that you can progressively increase. When it comes to over the age of 50 and in all aspects, really any age, weight training is going to be the most important thing that needs to be done for health. And it obviously needs to be done consistently so that you can gain that strength, gain that bone density and increase the muscle. And that's the other thing is when you have muscles that are used and used properly and strengthened, then they actually will work more properly in your day-to-day -day life. And that's why the incidence of falling over the age of 50 is less in those who actually are stronger from weight training. Their balance is better. Using your free weights commands your core, your lower back, 
to work, which means you're going to have better balance, better stability. And that means stability when you start to go down, like when you start to fall, you can actually catch yourself and you can prevent yourself from falling. And these are things that will not happen if you only strengthen your body on a machine, whether it's a strength training machine or if you only do cardio. Cardio is definitely not going to help with the overall balance unless you're walking in the mountains and then you're probably getting some of that balance benefit. But let's face it, most people don't have that access to them. So they're on a treadmill. I've worked with all ages of people and a lot of them started with me in their 70s and made it into their 90s. Strength training is something that I have always believed in very strongly, not only for changing the shape of your body and for weight loss, but just for everyone in general, especially as we age. And that's the thing where sometimes these people have fallen, but they've not had any horrible detrimental thing happen because they were strong enough to prevent themselves from falling the wrong way. And they also had that resilience to get up and check their muscles, make sure everything's working properly. Whereas somebody the same age or even younger might have had the same fall and broken something or you know, really messed themselves up. So that's why it's so crucial, especially as we we get older and we have to prioritize strength training and we have to think about that progressiveness, making sure we're trying to add a little bit of weight or maybe a couple more repetitions to a point. And I usually recommend no more than 12. That eight to 10 range is kind of the happy point. But if you can do something for 12 repetitions, you can increase that weight a little bit and then get at least six of them. So if you can get at least five or six or something on something with good form, it's worth continuing to work until you can get to that top range. So no matter what level you're at, you can always find a way to progress. And sometimes the whole world is so focused on weight loss that they forget that, you know what, there's also life and life has to be dealt with every single day too. Whether you're picking something up or whether you're moving the couch or carrying groceries, you need to have overall strength. And the only way to get that is with strength training. So make sure even if your goal is weight loss, that you prioritize your strength training. Always let that be the first thing you do. Obviously you want to warm up first, but People too often make the mistake of doing cardio first and then the strength training. No, you want the opposite. Do your strength training first. Your muscles are more fresh. They're strong. They can handle what you're doing a lot more efficiently. Then you can go burn more fat doing cardio afterwards. If you do it the other way around, then you're fatiguing muscles that you're going to try to make stronger. And although sometimes that can work in certain realms, it doesn't work when it comes to strength training in this aspect because your muscles are not going to be able to work to their full extent and they're not going to be able to get as strong as they normally would. So focus on getting the strength training done first. Then if you have time for cardio, jump on that. It's probably one of the biggest mistakes I see every day at the gym. People jumping on the cardio, staying on there for 20, 30 minutes, and then doing maybe one or two exercises for strength training. And of course, wondering why they're not changing. Well, they're not giving attention to what they really should be doing, which is working those muscles with the strength training. If you want to know which exercises to do for strength training, uh, obviously we've covered it many different times during this podcast series, but there's also a video I put out called the only three exercises you need to do to transform your body. And I bet you probably already know what they are, but you can find out some more information on that on my YouTube channel at Fitness Makeover. My goal there is to help people also separate fact from fiction and fitness because there's so much information even on there that's not true that I keep seeing over and over again. So you'll start seeing me in multi-format. So I guess the moral of the story is don't believe everything you read on the internet, but you knew that already. But there's a lot of people that don't. So make sure you remind your friends that they need to focus on strength training if they want to lose weight and keep it off because that is how you permanently alter your metabolism and make it faster. And of course, you're telling all your friends to listen to this podcast too so that they can get the right information on how to get in shape and stay in shape. 
Now, when it comes to fat, it's always associated with being a bad word. And fat also is a type of nutrient that you need every day, not only for your general health, but to lose weight too. And that's where low-fat diets tend to cause a lot of trouble. First of all, fats do have twice as many calories as a gram of carbohydrates or a gram of protein. So just by reducing them, you can certainly take out a big chunk of calories. But as we learned last time, that cutting calories is not always the best way to drop body fat. So that's where low-fat diets can cause a lot of problems. You're taking out a key nutrient that your body needs and you're not replacing it with anything equal. So let's remember, fats are important to our hair, our skin, our whole body has to have fat in it and on it so that we can survive. You know, you can't have 0% body fat. 0% body fat is a skeleton, and that's not an attractive look. So we definitely have to have fat on our body. And of course, the intake of fat also helps to reduce the absorption of our carbohydrates. If you don't have enough fat in your diet, you're going to have constant fluctuations in your blood sugar levels, which is going to reduce the effect of fat burning and also make you cranky. Now, besides dietary fat, another thing that's gotten a bad rap is cholesterol, which comes from fat. And your body actually uses cholesterol that you get from your fat intake to manufacture hormones. And those are really important in weight loss. Basically, without enough fats in your diet, you're going to have hormone imbalances, which is going to tell your body something's not right. Don't drop this weight. We need it for survival. So again, we have to work kind of the opposite way and let your body know that things are going to be stable and steady and everything's okay. We're going to have long-term food. We don't have anything going crazy in our hormones and it's okay to let go of this body fat. We're basically always trying to trick our body into doing what we want it to do. It wants to survive. It wants to hold on to fat. It wants to do everything it can to prepare for what it thinks is an upcoming famine. And that's just the way our bodies have developed over the gazillion of years or however long it's been. So we are constantly trying to trick our body into thinking that, no, it's okay. We got constant food and we do that with our meal timing. We do that with balancing the nutrients with the fats and protein and carbs. And that helps to keep the blood sugar levels stable so that our body will let go of fat and use it for energy. So without these essential nutrients, we are missing a key component that's going to keep us healthy in many ways. You want to obviously look for natural fat sources. So things like butter, eggs, fattier fishes, these are not things to be avoided. You need to use some of them. You don't need a lot of them, obviously, but a little bit of butter or some eggs each day or each week can help meet that fat requirement that your body needs. Now, of course, there are the bad fats, and those are your processed fats, certain vegetable oils, trans fats, the hydrogenated fats that you find a lot in prepackaged foods. Those are things, obviously, you want to avoid, but your healthy fats meaning your monounsaturated fats from nuts, avocados, and seeds, and of course your saturated fats from eggs and butter and coconut oil, those are all ones that you can incorporate in your diet. And that means you can use them as extra things to sprinkle on salads or maybe as a snack or maybe in your cooking. And these are all convenient ways to get it in. You don't have to sit there and chew on a stick of butter, which of course you wouldn't anyway, but there are just little subtle ways to get these things into your food without having to go overboard. And of course, some meats are more fatty than others. That's where you want to balance it out. If you're having some red meat that's higher in fat, then you're not going to be cooking it in some butter or you're not going to be spreading avocados on it. I don't know. Would anybody even do that? But anyways, you balance it out. And when it comes to supplementation, that's probably the one thing that 
usually needs to be added for most people's diet. And that would be the omega-3 fatty acids, because those are things that we don't always get enough of. We don't eat a lot of fish. We don't necessarily eat a lot of grass-fed meat. So if those are things that you rarely get during the week, then yes, supplementation with some of those omega-3s would definitely be in order. And that also could be something that is inhibiting fat loss, because if you don't have enough fats in your diet, your body's still not going to release it to use for energy because it thinks that it needs it to survive. As in everything with life and especially weight loss, it's a balancing act between all three nutrients, but all three, meaning protein, carbs, and fats, are equally important in weight loss and overall health. So in training and nutrition in this podcast, I kind of gave you some things to think about and to maybe analyze in your day-to-day activities. And in this section, the motivation section, we're going to talk about mindset part two. When we talk about beliefs, we're talking about also something called core beliefs. These are our own beliefs, and they're usually about ourselves and maybe others and all these things that are around us, basically our perceptions. A lot of these are based on childhood assessments that are often untrue. We don't always see things the same now as we did back then, but our subconscious mind doesn't know the difference. It doesn't know that these beliefs are untrue. It never decided to analyze them or look at them that way because why would they? It doesn't know any better. It just takes what you give your subconscious mind as true. So it actually attracts evidence that makes these untruths seem true. And that's why they can perpetuate and it takes a lot of time and recognition to get over some of these deep found beliefs. Now, you might be thinking, well, I don't think I have any of those. And maybe you don't. But a lot of people do, and it comes down in the terms of self-esteem or low self-esteem and in confidence or lack of confidence. And sometimes we just throw those words out without really taking a step to say, what does that really mean? What is low confidence? Why do I feel that way? And it might have been one little incident when you were younger that your conscious mind didn't really give much thought to, but your subconscious mind took it literally. So that's why our talking to ourselves, just like we talk to children, is so important to do it the right way and to do it with productive words and not be that reverse negative that we think sometimes is going to be motivating to someone or to ourselves. We have to actually, yes, do it in the positive and present tense. Now, in psychological terms, this is what they call cognitive dissonance. It's called automatic negative thoughts, but we tend to call it, well, negative self-talk. So these beliefs are so firmly planted that they shape pretty much everything you do, and they kind of shape your reality even though they're not real. The good news is that we can change these negative thoughts that drive our behaviors. In case you're still trying to figure out if you have any of these negative beliefs, there are three main categories. They are helplessness, unlovability, and worthlessness. Somehow those all target down and kind of come out as low self-esteem and low self-confidence. So there's different levels of these, different ways of interpreting them, but they basically fall into this theory that in your subconscious mind, somehow you're incompetent or you're vulnerable or you're inferior in some way. And that sticks with you. And that's what causes that low self-esteem and low self-confidence. 
Now, our subconscious mind is so strong and wants to believe everything that it thinks is true that it will actually twist everything around all of your perceptions to make it coordinate with what it thinks is true. And that's where we end up really digging these negative beliefs deeper and deeper and deeper until sometimes we need to stop and look at them and realize, oh my gosh, that makes no sense. I, I guess I do think that way. I didn't realize it. And that's, again, the plus point is that we can learn to recognize these things and we can change them. There's a few things that we need to do in order to recognize them and start dealing with these negative beliefs or negative self-talk. And the first is just becoming aware of it. And we've done this in some other podcasts where I said, go write down everything that you say that's negative to yourself. Because you'd be surprised every single day we're saying things that are really not that supportive and we're saying it to ourselves. And that's definitely not good because you're the only one inside your head. Now, the second is to try to figure out where they came from. And that's not always as easy as just writing them down. So we have to think about, you know, when did we first think of ourselves this way? When did we first come up with this idea? How long have we felt this way? It's hard enough to realize that we are saying these negative things to ourselves, but to have to dig deep and figure out when it all started and what the trigger was, that can take some time and some introspection. Even if you don't figure out where they started or where they came from, you can still move on to the third step, which is the great thing about this, and you can challenge those beliefs. So you may not find the origin of them, but you can still say, I know this is not right. I know I am not this way. And a lot of it, when it comes to weight loss, has to do with the repetitive phrase, I am fat, whether it's fishing for compliments or just saying it because you feel that way. It's the, I feel fat. I think I look fat in this. All of those things are digging into your subconscious mind to make you do what somebody who is fat is going to do. There's different definitions of that, but basically that's not a good way of thinking. We can sit there and look at ourselves and say, okay, what constitutes a person being fat? Maybe you need to lose 20 pounds. Maybe you need to lose 100 pounds. It's all going to vary on what you think is fat. That's why there are people that are anorexic. They still look at themselves, even though they're skin and bones, as being fat. And changing that negative belief is just apparently not working in them, or maybe they haven't recognized it. But take stock in the fact that if you're trying to change your body, you're probably not fat like you think. You probably just need to improve yourself. Step one is changing that I feel fat, I am fat kind of talk. I am improving on myself. And of course, the better thing in the positive present tense would be I improve myself every day. Because it doesn't really matter if you're truly fat or not. It's how you are working on yourself. There's always things we can improve on, whether it's our strength or flexibility, our self-talk or our body weight. It doesn't matter. There's always something that we can strive to do better. So the first thing is finding these negative thoughts. Whether you figure out where they came from or not, doesn't really matter. Go on to the third step, challenge them, start writing them down with that positive present tense statement. Again, we go back to the writing, actually reinforcing it in your mind. And that's also saying it every single day or saying it to negate the negative thoughts that you have. And that's why we, I did that subliminal uh, sleep tape so that you can use that while you're sleeping and your subconscious mind will hear the right phrases because they're all in that positive present tense. And it's not always easy to sit there and make your statements in that. I just did it just now a couple seconds ago when I said, I'm improving myself every day. Well, no, that's in the future. That's why I changed it and said, I improve every day. That's where you need to look at when you're making these thoughts to change the negative self-talk that's in you, make sure it's that positive present tense. 
Now, don't expect this to be easy. Pretty much nothing is easy when it comes to changing your body or your mind. But just as it is sequential and that you start to make little changes, then you're going to start to see little benefits. Then it's going to really click and snowball. And then all of a sudden you're going to be at the point you want to be, whether it's with your body weight or just the way you think about yourself. Either way, they're both equally important. We can't expect to change a lifetime of the way we think in one day. That's why they usually say it takes 21 days to form a habit or just round it up to 30 days because the more you do something, the more it becomes a habit, whether that habit is good or bad. And that's evident in the negative self-talk because you can say that negative self-talk over and over again and it becomes a habit. And that's a bad habit because it's usually not true. There's never been a more true statement than the one that Norman Vincent Peale said, which is change your thoughts and you change your world. We can kind of look at that on the surface and say, oh yeah, that's kind of interesting. But really, really stop and think about that. If you change the way you view yourself, then yes, you will be changing your whole world because you'll be changing how you act, how you perceive things, and how your body works. The most important part of all things fitness is going to be mindset. So get to work, get rid of all of those negative self-beliefs and start seeing yourself in the true light that you are, which is a great, wonderful being. For more details about this podcast and other episodes, visit fitgirlpodcast.com. 